Congress convened for its first meeting of the year on Tuesday. Now, the primary goal of the afternoon was to elect a speaker and swear in members. Sounds pretty straightforward. But for the first time in a century, the House majority repeatedly rejected the presumed speaker, this time California Congressman Kevin McCarthy. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. 20 breakaway Republicans voted against McCarthy yesterday, repeatedly, and today they voted against him again. Bice, McCarthy, Buck, McCarthy, Cloud, Donalds. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. The rejection of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker has caused frustration in the caucus. It's also raised questions about potential scenarios. Will Kevin McCarthy bargain with Democrats for votes? I mean, is there a world in which there's a Democratic Speaker and a Republican House? Might Republicans band together with some Democrats to find a consensus pick, like retired Congressman Fred Upton, maybe? The Speaker doesn't have to be an elected official. So it's possible, although unlikely. Today, we get an inside look at negotiations over the speakership with Congressman Jack Bergman. He represents Northern Michigan. Well, I would suggest to you uh, our country's founders, as they look down from, from heaven, are smiling and saying this was part of their view of what really a democratic, free society representative government looks like. It wasn't chaos. I know chaos. I'm a Marine. I've been in, I mean, really, truly chaos. This, this was the beauty of our form of government as compared to any other in the world. We'll get through this. The Republic is not at risk. Democracy is not at risk. And the bottom line is what the difference is today as opposed to, let's say, 100 years ago when the last time this happened, is people are watching it on live TV. So uh, for those of us uh, on the floor, it's the give and take, the discussions, how do we move forward and, and become a functioning House of Representatives here for the next two years. How frustrating is this for members of your caucus? Well, I can, I can only speak for myself. Um, I really don't get too frustrated unless... At some point, it is uh, apparent that some people are absolutely unwilling to listen to the viewpoints of others. We're representatives. We represent our constituents. We're supposed to listen to our constituents. We're part of a committee. We're supposed to listen to our fellow committee members. So I guess if there's at some point, people truly do show their their true colors about who they are when it comes to the do they make life about them? Or do they make life about the real things, the priorities you're here to represent and you're here to work with others, Democrats, Republicans, and to get the House of Representatives to be the body that it has been in the past long ago, but has not been the way it should be functioning here, especially in the last four years. Will you tell us about why you decided to vote the way you did? Yeah, very simple. I believe that Kevin McCarthy is the best person to be the Speaker of the House, pure and simple. Right. I take it then you would support uh, Representative McCarthy going forward as Speaker. 
Do you think there's a scenario ahead of us in which he is not the Speaker of the House? You know, it's easier to predict the weather than that. You always have to plan for the inevitable. About the time you don't plan for an eventuality, in other words, do you have a backup plan, plan A, plan B, plan C, the challenge with any entity or individual when they're making those decisions is if and when it's time to switch from plan A to plan B or to plan C. You know, I I was a pilot in my professional life before coming to Congress, and there are two types of emergencies in an airplane. Ones in which you have time, there's a caution light comes on, no big deal, you look at it, you maybe call maintenance and figure out what's going on, and then you react deliberately. And then there are other emergencies where if you don't do something right now, bad things are going to happen. So I look at life kind of like that. And this is, this is one of those things where we have time to deliberate, check other alternatives, check whatever, have we missed something? And we just need to be patient, proactive, and cautious that we don't jump the gun for the wrong reasons. I'd like to ask you about your relationship with Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, a neighbor of Michigan. He represents some territory uh, just just south of us and and someone who got 20 votes in, in the balloting. Tell me about uh, whether whether you have a relationship with him and whether you think he'd be the right person for speaker. Well, you know, I, I have a relationship with a lot, a lot of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. And what I would tell you about Jim Jordan. He is smart, he's articulate, he's passionate, he's experienced. And with the challenges we've got in front of us with oversight of the 118th Congress and judiciary, he is the right guy to lead that effort. Remember, the Speaker of the House is responsible for the functioning of the House. That's one of the challenges we've had over the last four years. And it's, it's evolved literally since the mid nineties where, and you can, you can just go through the speakers from the mid nineties on that there was too much consolidation of power at the very top. Uh, It's called here in, in, in the house, the four corners, the two top Democrats, the two top Republicans, and they made all the decisions. That's not a good recipe for business. So one of the the commitments that Kevin McCarthy made is to re-energize and re-empower the committees. So when you think about the speaker, if if I was the speaker of the House and someone stuck a mic in my mouth and said, what do you think about oversight? My first comment is going to be, go to the chairman of the oversight committee. I'm the speaker of the House. I make sure things get done. I I look at it from that 30,000-foot level. I'm not into the details of some of the things because that's how good good operations, whether it be a business, in my case, in my military background or in commercial aviation, whatever it is, everybody knows what their role is. You put the best people in the best positions for the time. The last time I checked, if you have one person in charge and controls everything, I think that's called a dictatorship. And that's not what we want. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. 
committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. So if you're Kevin McCarthy right now, he has made some concessions to the GOP reps who opposed him. And some of them have to do with uh, his own position as speaker. If you're him right now, do you think that his next move should be to to offer more concessions to those who did not vote for him or to maybe warn them that he would be taking away some concessions if, if they won't support him going forward? Well, I, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Do people, good people, follow strong or weak leaders? So I would suggest to you that the concessions that have been made have shown a willingness on Kevin McCarthy's part to understand what people in my position and other positions, you know, all of us have, if you will, a vote, uh, what's going to help enable the 118th Congress under true leadership on the Republican side of the aisle function so that people, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican in this, uh, that 435 member body, and you create that environment where everybody feels that they're getting their voice heard, their bills to the floor, they may or may not pass. But the point is, you got your voice heard. That's that's the key that what Kevin McCarthy has already committed to showing that he's he wants other leaders to work underneath his big picture leadership to get things done. So if, I, if I'm hearing this right, uh, you interpret him sticking to the concessions as strength. Yes. Yeah. Because you can always ask, you know, it's, what's the old saying? If you give an inch, give a mile, whatever that phrase was. So, I mean, we've got we've got five kids and 10 grandkids. And when you're dealing with little kids, it, it, you, you give them something. If you give them one ice cream cone, they're going to want two and they're going to want three and they're not going to want to go to bed. They're not want to do their homework. Parents need to step up and be parents. Leaders set the tone, set the criteria. And there's a, there's a phrase we use in the military. You can delegate authority, but not responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're the speaker of the House, you delegate that authority through all the committee chairs, but you alone shoulder the responsibility for the overall functioning of the House of Representatives. Can I ask what you might think of the idea of maybe some Republicans and some Democrats going in together to vote for an outsider candidate? Fred Upton's name has been coming up a lot. Is that a concept you see having any legs? No. Have you talked to Fred about any of this? Nope. Is it is it more because he does have some support from Democrats? You think that might be less palatable to folks in the delegation in the caucus? Excuse me. No, I was absolutely not because uh, last night and yesterday afternoon, and even later last night, I will tell you I had several conversations, uh, eyeball to eyeball on the floor with my Democrat colleagues. And also later on saying, 
you know, what, what do you think next steps? We work together. This is not Democrat versus Republican. Mm. Not at all. And I don't watch soap operas. But right now, it seems like uh, there's a little bit of soap opera-ish uh, nature going on as is how it's being you know, portrayed. But the, per- the person who's at the end of the communication channel is that person watching it on TV or reading it online. And uh, I, that's, you know, I'm, I'm in the fight. Uh, I'm working with some good people on both sides of the aisle. We'll come up with a good solution here. But you have to be able to lead from the middle. You know, you bring up a great question. Uh, what's next? Where from here? Would you expect to see any Democrats cross over to vote for Kevin McCarthy as speaker? Well, why not? Right. Are there any other compromise candidates out there who you can think of right now? Not really. Yeah. You know, Representative Bergman, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you feel pretty comfortable with letting the process be the process and and folks continuing to work things out as long as you feel that reps are listening to each other. Do you feel that people are listening to each other right now? Well, some are, some aren't. I mean, again, you got 435 people in view. I, I do believe in the bell curve. There are some people who will populate the far left and the far right edges who aren't aren't listening uh, because it's it's all about them. But that's like any family or that's like any any entity uh, that I believe there are there are good across the aisle conversations amongst those of us who uh, uh, believe that the best decisions are made in the middle, not on the edge. Last question for you here. If you think that some Democrats could or should cross over and and support Kevin McCarthy, should he make some concessions to them in this process? Well, why would they support him if he wouldn't? And that's our podcast for today. Who knows if we'll have a speaker tomorrow. Stay tuned to Michigan Radio for all the latest, and you can keep up with what's happening on the socials as well. Today's podcast episode was produced by our executive producer, Laura Weber-Davis. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, April Van Buren, Mercedes Mejia, and Ronia Cabansag. I'm April Bear. It's always great to have you listening. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.